At this point, you should be on the frame with a film strip title that says Oral Hygiene. Welcome to Oral Hygiene, where we talk about caught and educational films. I'm saying caught because it's 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 a pretty much the definition of a uh, caught film today. Uh, oh yeah, th- yeah. This is uh this is Matt here. That is Andrew there. Hi, I'm Andrew here. Hi, hello. Okay, hello. yes, it it is is Jack Hill's Switchblade Sisters. I mean, this yeah. is the it is the picture you put in the um next to the dictionary thing for this sort of thing you know (laughs) oh yeah no absolutely and there's really only two kinds of people when it comes to movie fans though who adore switchblade sisters and those who have never seen it yeah okay that probably makes sense although you know some some grandmas don't want to see it probably oh i I can understand (laughs) that yeah i i recommend they do (laughs) good family viewing switchblade grandmas they could make that now they're all the cast who you know who's still alive is uh you know they're they're all in their what their 70s or something and then oh yeah great. for these for this crew yeah sure that that'd be awesome i don't know yeah uh, <laughs> depends on how that rolls like the yeah. expendables for um jack for, is still alive and did i tell you this he lives in decatur oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's what what is his scenes n- never actually like hollywood he's always off in the the rough houses yeah I mean, Jack Hill never, yeah, he uh, never went Hollywood. He was strictly independent his whole career. When, um, where did you get on board with this? Were, were you, a, uh, did you get on the, at the uh, VHS station or the uh, mm-hmm. Tarantino putting the stuff out station or? <laughs> uh, it was like, you know, you got a, a sense of, of uh, Pam Greer by watching the like women in prison movies and stuff. Mm. But um, Switchblade Sisters uh, wasn't was like pretty rare. And so I had seen Pam Greer movies, but I hadn't seen I didn't even think of Jack Hill. I didn't connect him with movies like Spider Baby that were just super old and, you know, considered cult classics. I didn't know that the same guy made Spider Baby, made Foxy Brown. And I had never heard of Switchblade Sisters until Rolling Thunder. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, yeah, once you start noticing the same name keeps popping up and all the credits of uh you know the groovy caught films exploitation i guess he can't yeah it counts as exploitation but for sure oh yeah definitely <laughs> oh and i was so glad to see him uh recognized in his lifetime you know right he's indicator or, or dead indicator no he lives indicator. okay okay so he can make a switchblade grandma's then okay he could <laughs> I, so, I wouldn't dare suggest it to him because the few exchanges he and I have had on uh, Messenger, he, he's a little curmudgeonly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, can you tell us what happens in this one? Okay, so Switchblade Sisters takes place in high school, and it's sort of almost like a future. I think it's supposed to be set in the high school of the future because it's not exactly a completely recognizable 1970, was it 75? Uh, and so, uh, but it's about a, a new girl that comes to school 
uh, played by Joanne Nall, Maggie, and she finds herself in the middle of uh, this gang war between the was it this the daggers and uh, Mr. Krabs. Yeah, yeah, there's the a crabby shack guy. Yeah, yeah, the guy who's <laughs> like the forty year old in high school, or whatever. <laughs> he looks like the the monkey's like reject cousin. But then he's like running for mayor or something. Yeah. So I don't think he's supposed to be in high school. Maybe he's just a super senior, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After 10 years, they make you a super senior. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some knife fighting. Is, is there more do you want to add than that? There's some knife fights. There's it's, knife fights. Switchblades. Yeah. And there's a, 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 a black woman militia. Right. Right. Well, that's where the movie really catches fire. Well, it catches fire when it becomes a women's in prison movie for a total of five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it does. But those five minutes are, I mean, I'll go ahead and say this. Switchblade Sisters is in my top 10 of all time. It's stayed there for decades now at this point. It just, I, I never don't want to see it. Yeah. Well, I think a lot, a lot of even very good like exploitation films kind of, you know, grindhouse, right? It just keeps grinding on and it's a uh, milieu. Where this one, yeah. you know, changes it up every few minutes. So yeah, you get the it's weird true. militia movie, you get the uh the the bad kids in high school movie, you get the women's prison, and then you just get a, a switchblade fight at the end. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I love about Jack Hill. You know, he could make really any style. Um, and but he always you could always feel when it was his movie because Movies like this that came out around the time, they might have looked kind of like his, but his were always like seriously good. Like you could show somebody a, you know, just a regular exploitation movie of the time and it would drag in places. It had padding in places. It had, you know, maybe way too much music or the acting was a little hammy. But Jack Hill, people would watch it. And at first they were laughing at the hair and the clothes and all that stuff. And maybe even some of the over the top delivery. Um, you know, particularly like Robbie Lee as Lace, where she says every line through her teeth. <laughs> but uh, by the middle, or definitely by the third act, people are watching it like it just a movie that just came out. It's, I mean, it's that good. Jack Hill did have, I'm sure you'll agree, he had the chops to make good Hollywood movies, but he didn't want to play around with their stuff. Yeah, that's what I was saying here. Like, did he actually? make anything in the umbrella which I, I guess he didn't but you know you, you see it and you're like yeah yeah obviously the guy has some craft yeah yeah he just wanted to make movies about women tough women he wanted to make movies uh, about um you know black lives and black characters and that at the time was not what the major studios would want to do so he had more control over his uh films as an independent and he you know they all made money as far as i know Something I noticed watching it this time around, I haven't seen as many times as I'm guessing you have. This was probably number three or four for me, right? But um, are there like random farts dubbed under the soundtrack? It's not I, not that I've noticed. When did you, <laughs> when was an instance where you thought there might have been a, a random fart? Let's see. I, I, when they are fighting, I wrote, did I just hear a fart in the kerfuffle? I think when they're in the prison. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> later, there is the, the one kid in the classroom, I think, is doing the hand farts. So that was. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. But, so at but what the, point in the prison? Um, when they're kerfuffling, I guess when they're, you know, getting the, the warden down or whatever or the uh, huh. guard. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe she farts as they're slamming her to the ground or something. That would be great. 
I'll have to check that out. I know exactly where that is in the movie. So I have to, that would be great. Oh man. I always think movies could use more farts. I mean, even ones that have a lot. Yeah. Well, what, um, who is it? Was it John Waters that said every, every movie needs a midget or a vomit scene? I suppose that sounds about like something John Waters would say. And which you'll find is often true. And and when a movie, uh, Fear and Loathing has a midget and a vomit scene multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, vomit stuff. I mean, I know all his movies have some vomit, which is, you know, I mean, that's a real necessary thing. I always like a movie more if there's vomiting in it. Right. Um, I guess a few of the things that do date this movie in in a perfectly fine way, uh, the the racket at the roller rink. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now the thing I found weird, you'd think they'd be playing like ABBA or something at the roller rink. It's like creepy organ music. And they're just yeah. skating around a creepy organ music. Like, what's what's up with that? Yeah, no. And apparently that rink still exists. Do you know where? I mean, it's somewhere in the Los Angeles area. Um, I was told about it by someone who had gone to birthday parties there. Oh, so okay. I, I was like, wow, that would be interesting to go there. I don't know how to <laughs> skate, but you know, it's like, would you bring like a have a water gun fight just as a tribute? You know. Well, I, I talked to another maybe with you on another episode about um, my my bus driving in Pennsylvania where I'd have to like slam the bus down the mountain to get up the next one because the bus was so old. And uh, I was I taking... I, you weren't talking to me about Okay. That. Anyway, um, yeah, I was taking kids to the roller rink and the roller rink was like completely stuck in 1975. It was awesome. They usually are. They usually yeah. are. <laughs> um, Skate Town here in Athens... Um, where the uh, classic city roller girls do their um, like Dang. all their practices and stuff. Mm. Um, that place just looks, feels and smells like you're, it's w- like walking into like a time warp. It's yeah. just yeah. wild. Yeah. And complete with like the arcade games. And we're kind of br- bringing that up because in another spot, we just get some, you know, like class a seventies industrial funk, you know? <laughs> So <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so it's like the soundtrack's not lacking. So I'm like, why are we dancing around to like creep organ music in the roller rink? Maybe, maybe because they're about to have a fight. I don't know. Maybe it's a filmmaking choice, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you, I think you, you always look at it. You, you look at the music more than I do. And so, whereas I am just sort of like absorbed in the entirety of it, I think you can kind of just isolate that and look at it. And uh, I think, I think you're, I, I know which scenes you're talking about and next time I watch this and perhaps forever, I'll be looking for the farts and for the uh, maybe funk. inappropriate score <laughs> farts and funk. <laughs> oh, the seventies yeah. industrial funks right on man. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah. When they do fall in after that, they fall in with the, the militia, which an, another thing that I kind of think dates it is you get that very like little red book mouse speech, which I don't think anyone would give now. <laughs> Yeah, Mao says true power comes from the barrel of a gun or whatever. Right. But you right. know, uh, back then, and I should say the militia is led by Marlena Clark, who uh, is in the movie. I think I have the T-shirt on. Ganja and Hess, the great Bill Gunn vampire movie, opposite Dwayne Jones. Right. Um, yeah, that it really becomes like one of Jack Hill's older films during that section. It's, it's almost like Jack just throws on one of his old hits, but you know, that, that whole, you know, the militant sector, whatever, I think he felt like he was 
representing uh, that somehow, you know, shining light on it in a positive way because they were they were doing what crabs pretended to be doing. Right. No, it's cool. It's just, uh, yeah, quoting Mao, you know, seems a little now now that we know what happened in the cultural revolution and all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, not, it's true. Not choosing. I mean, just just quote Marx if you really want to go for it, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I think back then, though, it was more of just like making people think, you know, these people, this this wasn't a bunch of like criminals or or whatever. They actually had, even if it was in misguided. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm saying it. That I, It's just the way that just um i'm I'm looking for ways that date the film because like you said as a film it doesn't really date so i'm, I'm kind of no it's cultural artifacts yeah and no you're totally right and um you know i i don't know if this is my favorite jack hill movie anymore but it's just one of my favorite movies period yeah. now um in that same scene i kept thinking that the lady in the back of the shot was spider-man <laughs> <laughs> why because she's got like a red hood and a red shirt and it just and like yeah, it's kind of so. looking over and I that's like just three times during that scene. I was like, that's spider wait, why would Spider-Man be here? Just uh also <laughs> I was talking to Luke a few days ago where he's like, I- I'm disappointed with any movie that doesn't have Spider-Man in it, even if it was made in like 1935. Where's Spider-Man? <laughs> so I was just thinking, oh, there's, why not? There's kind of Spider-Man. That, I mean, it's a lady, and that's a part yeah. of Alicia, but whatever. Yeah, it was uh, it was Marjorie Spider-Man that yes. you were seeing. Yes. <laughs> um, another not quite anachronism, I guess, is um, when you do see their armored car, it made me think of like, you know, Mad Max territory, like the first one, you know? Yeah, yeah. That was a real surprise, wasn't it? They just come out blasting from that thing. It's got those you know those iron windows or whatever they got the hole cut out in the cross for the machine gun to come through yeah i love that um (laughs) and then i just i finally got around to season three of cobra kai i don't know if you've been watching that show at all i i don't know okay Uh, they just uh just a few things connected there that um uh johnny's drink of choice is core's banquet and there's a scene where they're all drinking core's banquet or something i I think (laughs) It was definitely cores. I don't know if it's a banquet or not, but it's kind of a yellow can that you uh-huh. see in there. And um, and then the one thing that deflated the fight at the end is having finished season two, where there's like the most insane karate battle in a school ever. Then the Switchblade <laughs> sisters didn't quite measure up to that anymore. <laughs> no, I mean at at its core, um, I believe Jack Hill was wanting to make a Shakespearean uh, tragedy out of it, you know. And uh, Pat, Patch's character, um, she's played by uh, Monica Gale. Um, that character, there's that whole thing about, and I love that shot of when Lace stabs her in the throat, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the silhouette shot, is it? Yeah. Like, yeah, kill shot and silhouette. That's what I wrote. Does that make this an art film? Which I think yeah. kind of, I mean, yeah, they're, there's already shots like that that you would not like Herschel Gordon Lewis didn't do shots like that. <laughs> no, um, this was really kind of like I should say like stagey or very theatrical, you know, not as in cinema, but as in like the stage. I felt that was it was it was a tough moment because by the end, I mean, am I right? Like you're seriously involved with the struggle of these characters. Like it's not just something where you're like one just seeing everybody blown away you actually have something invested in them right right well you do want to 
of course you want to uh see the baddies get their comeuppance or whatever yeah getting off is pretty intense i guess getting stabbed in the throat's always intense so yeah and plus the way they should do it it's just right in the throat and then back out you know yeah hardcore class yeah. of newcomb high i guess that that would be the uh spiritual successor to a film like this <laughs> you think so sure <laughs> i could kind of see it why not you know i do yeah i i do i'm always when i watch it i'm always kind of trying to pick out like when exactly is this you know what i mean because i don't think it was supposed to have been said in reality right well it's in like hyper reality right <laughs> yeah yeah so that was you know it's it's strange like it really kind of is but um it's it's a girl gang movie and that's a subgenre that i really love and so um it ticks a lot of boxes and covers a lot more territory than the average girl gang or women in prison movie would so what would be your uh, favorite jack hill at this point man uh for a while it was coffee but i saw coffee way too much uh i think probably swinging cheerleaders okay have i seen that maybe i haven't yeah okay. swinging cheerleaders is is a is a reality-based sort of a movie and he doesn't do the it deals more with like very young characters like it takes place in a college mm. and so it's probably his most like outwardly feminist movie but there's still uh things in it that like you say that date it but there's excellent fight choreography in it a lot of really good action bob minor the great bob minor was stunt coordinator on that one and so I, I want to say maybe he did stunts for Switchblade Sisters as well. Um, and Bob plays a character. So it's, uh, I don't know. It's the one I tend to go to because I've got, I've got them all. Um, except I've never seen um, the Sorcerer or the Sorceress. What was the one that like he left halfway through it and someone like half-assed it? To it was only the last movie he ever worked on. I can't even remember the name. But uh, I think it was Sorcerer, something like that. But that's the only one I don't have because it's not considered a complete Jack Hill movie and he doesn't have anything good to say about it. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking one, one thing that I noticed, I, I mean, maybe that one is more feminist because I was like watching this mostly because of Lace. This film doesn't maybe quite pass the Betchel test because <laughs> she oh. just keeps going on and on about Dom like every time she can. So... <laughs> yeah that's true well you know they were the dagger debs so they were their own gang but they were still the girlfriends of the proper dude gang but then they completely throw it over but there's that whole like jealousy part um that you know that that uh that lace has you know coming in through maggie and so uh it yeah <laughs> she's got a there i know dom's not the greatest guy you know no. um, one of them calls him dominic <laughs> and uh you know his scene you were lousy he's trying to do the you know hey, they're out of order you're out of order <laughs> no. well in the end the, the only person in this movie that might have any kind of moral spine are the militants i mean because maggie's no, our hero but she's just as bad as lace <laughs> yeah no really... and that last that last shot of her getting loaded into the old school paddy wagon with her face all bloodied from the from you know fighting and stuff <laughs> remember that name cop <laughs> <laughs> it was you know so i i think this one's satire i would have to say 
Yeah, Some yeah, maybe that's why it's rolling through all of these different exploitation genres one by one. Yeah, I, I mean, I would call it satire. I don't think it's a comedy, though. I think it means what it's saying. But I think it's just it's like you were saying, it's it's scope and it's kind of like all over the place nature. Uh, he does bring it home at the end and it does have a very strong act three, especially that final scene. It's got a lot of crowd pleasing moments. But in terms of cult movies, yeah, uh, everyone I've ever shown Switchblade Sisters to has like really loved it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the uh, one thing I can't get out is um, you don't eat icing off of a cake, especially not in America. That's just <laughs> bad. That's just a bad call. <laughs> <laughs> that does happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, Japan, things are like, I guess, less sugary or more like kind of like toned down. So if I were to have like an American cake, I'd probably have diabetes at the end of eating the slice. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, and we should mention uh, Lenny Bruce's daughter, Kitty Bruce, plays Donut. Oh, OK. I did not know that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, the great comedian Lenny Bruce's daughter, uh, Kitty uh, plays the character of Donut, who they, you know, make a lot of fat joke types in and stuff like that. But she was my favorite Switchblade sister. Yeah, I, I can see that. I put what I write do Donut as a way of thinking, man. Yeah, not quite sure what that means. But <laughs> <laughs> well, who was the one bunny or whatever her name was? She was, uh, you know, was just peddling ass in, in the men's room or whatever. Oh, yeah, that was your really <laughs> Giving her boyfriend the the money. Shove yeah. the door kid like, oh, you need this for your final. It's like, yeah, I, I didn't go to that school. <laughs> but you know, my, my high school experience was like too like pretty not it was too too vanilla, a lot vanilla. There was a lot of vanilla. And not a lot not of fights a, then? Um, well, if you remember the school I went to, there was like the magnet program and then there was the regular program. And even the regular program was like pretty chill, I think, for a, like some a suburban high school. And then, the, you know, we're magnet program was a bunch of geeks. So, <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of fights. One of the worst fights I ever saw was over like 15 cents. I got 15 cents right here on my <laughs> on my DVD player. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it meant a great deal to this gentleman because uh, it was a horrid fight. I mean, just lots of like things being thrown and just many, many head punches and took few people like, like, you know, basketball coaches to pull these guys apart. And then the one guy is being dragged away and he moves a hand out and he's like, I got my change. <laughs> and it was 15 cents. I just got to look in his hands. Well, it's cents. like the, uh, five plus minute bra and they live is like put on the glasses i don't want to put on the glasses and then they fight mm -hmm. forever <laughs> that is one of my favorites absolutely <laughs> Just, we sometimes we forget the reason that fight started was put on the glasses i don't want to put on the glasses they they ought to they ought to redo that one but it's a mask or, or get a vaccine i don't want to get the vaccine the, the one well did you just throw a needle at someone in that case right <laughs> <laughs> you can do that um that's yeah that's that should be the real fear you know people that don't that aren't going to do it they flying needles right yeah <laughs> um oh what was like oh the best fight i saw in school was actually maybe the first grade 
another karate kid reference today where um one kid tried to do the he was in the crane kick stance and then just got the crap pummeled out of him oh so the crane didn't work or maybe poorly executed crane well he never he couldn't really execute it because he was getting the shit beat out of him so he got in position one and then got punched in the face several times So just in the cabinet, like, oh, you know, trying to do the crane. Kick. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see Karate Kid. I saw Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> but uh, two two references to Switchblade Sisters. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you've you've made movies about girl gangs. Oh man, I have named characters in my movies after characters in this movie. <laughs> uh, my friends and I here in Athens, Georgia, uh, we make movies and we are called Gonzorific, G-O-N-Z-O-R-I-F-F-I-C. You can find short films and trailers on YouTube, you can buy your physical medias at gonzorific.com and uh, that handle gonzorific is on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebase. Which, which film of yours is the one to follow up, Switchblade Sisters? Oh, Dr. Humpenstein. I okay. Mean, there is a- there is a girl gang in it, and there's a, a Maggie, a Lace. No, wait, wait a minute. What was the, that's not the one where I named the characters. The one I named the character was uh, was in Dollface, also known as um, oh god, I can't remember that. We had a different name for the streaming title, but um, yeah, the beginning characters was like Patch, Lace, Bunny, Maggie. You know? Right. Okay. Yeah, because Humpenstein's the one that came to mind, but I didn't know if you had a short that was even more like uh intensely ingrained with this sort of thing <laughs> it was you know it was doll face it was the the one you and i were in uh right, with the right, killer right. dolls but it was the prologue that happens yeah no i remember that and i definitely yeah. remember the uh the nice black and white footage of your girl gang i guess that's when you first ran to the the, the roller team is it <laughs> I, I i think i put out a call on facebook that was for humbenstein and um it was just a lot of people yeah from roller derby came out for that but um, there was also just random folks that I, there was a couple of people I didn't even, even know that ended up being like the coolest ones. <laughs> well, that's, that's so how casting works. <laughs> yeah. Matt Walker just brought a bunch of fake weapons and then like real like bats and chains and stuff. and just let everybody kind of grab out of it. Some of the businesses around there got nervous. <laughs> As they should. <laughs> they see the well, I, I had called to warn everyone, but it was like, it was a weekend. So nobody was going to be there. But one that, didn't answer their phone ended up being the one that was there and they were like oh god <laughs> <laughs> anyway this is oral hygiene or oral hygiene pod on twitter or on facebook you already know where to find the podcast because you're listening to it but uh do get into that under the umbrella on patreon of podcastio podcastius we put up episodes early and there's other podcasts where we talk about sci-fi films pokemon the Twilight Zone, Monster Hunter, some with me, some with not, some with you, some with not. Mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess I'm going to go practice my stabbing. Did you advance the film strip? Are you on the final page? Well done. Fire 